Glad that you are here, and uh, those that are online, welcome. Glad that you are there, um, whether you're in your living room or wherever you're gathered uh, to take in this service this morning. Thank you for coming. And I want to take you back and tell you a little story. Some of you may know this. Um, when I was in high school, I spent uh, the last couple, two and a half years in Colombia, South America. And uh, my parents were missionaries. And so that made me a missionary kid. And as I finished my high school, I came back to Alberta. And before going to Bible college, I worked for the summer at my uncle's farm. And um, I learned lots there. I learned lots, uh, you know, I, I learned lots of bits and pieces from my dad, who was a, a sugar beet farmer from the Coaldale area. And, uh, but um, over the years, we had, I, we left there when I was two years old, so I don't remember being on the farm as a kid, but my dad did share bits and pieces over the years. But on this summer, when I came back um, to Alberta, I did learn lots as I worked on my uncle's farm. Uh, he was a mixed farmer, so we had cattle and there were pigs, and so I learned some of, of that. Uh, got my feet a little dirty in different places. Uh, spent a lot of time on a tractor doing uh, cultivating. Did a lot of cultivating that summer. Did some spraying, uh, herbicide or whatever, fertilizer, whatever I was spraying. I don't know, I sprayed something, I know that, for uh, over the fields. Um, and then um, did some cutting of grass and hay, did a little baling. So I learned a lot of things that summer. Two things that I did not do. I did not do any seeding and I didn't do any combining. Probably more because of lack of experience more than anything else. Uh, and maybe also that I didn't hit the harvest time quite right because I went off to college. But uh, I didn't do those two things. Those are two really important elements when it comes to farming. And I know Lawrence is sitting back there going, yep, that's right. Those are two really important things. Um, seeding and combine. Didn't do those two things. And there's probably lots of reasons for that. But this morning, this message uh, that we're in, uh, we're in a series of the parables of Jesus. Five different parables uh, telling stories that Jesus gave. Uh, this message this morning is from Luke chapter 8, and it is the parable about a farmer who went out to plant his field. Before I jump into it, I think it's really important to understand some of the climate that was going on at the time. Uh, there was a lot of religious tension going on at the time among the people. The religious leaders and the religious establishment uh, towards Jesus and his followers, there was a lot going on. The crowds were caught in the middle of this tension. Jesus had been teaching and healing many people, and as the crowds gathered, um, there was a lot of uncertainty with, with Jesus. Who was he? Is he Messiah? Is he a prophet that came back to life, or just a good religious man? Or is he evil, as some of these religious leaders have said he is? The religious leaders were threatened and angered by him and were trying to trip him up. They wanted him dead. So even the people in the crowd were confused as who he was. They liked what he did. He was healing the sick, healing the lepers, the outcasts of the, of the society, casting out demons, Word had traveled that he'd healed a little boy, brought him back to life. So there was all of this, all of these people gathered. 
Jesus is traveling around the cities and towns teaching, and this one day, a huge, gathered, a huge crowd gathered by the Sea of Galilee. And so he teaches them some stories, teaches through these stories. The parable we want to look at this morning is from the, the book of Luke, chapter 8. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Luke, chapter 8, starting at verse 4. And this one is about a farmer. And I'm going to read from uh, the New Living Translation, starting at verse 4, Luke chapter 8. And it says, One day Jesus told a story to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on the footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables to teach others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. Verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed that fell on the footpath present, represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell on thorns, fell among the thorns, represent those who hear the message but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this world, and so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. So today, I want to primarily look at the four types of soils that are in this story. The farmer went out to plant his field. And in those days, it would have been very customary for a, the farmer to have a, a bucket or a sack, and he would have gone out and scattered the seed out into the, into the field. And very different than how we plant today. But that's how they did it. Some seed fell on the nearby path, which was hard-packed from people walking on it. Some fell where there were lots of rocks and gravel and not much soil, just a thin layer of soil on top. And some fell where there were thorns and weeds. And, and then finally, some fell on the good, well-prepared soil. Four types of soil represents four types of people, people who hear God's truth. God's truth is the message of the kingdom of God. The gospel, the message, and the work of Jesus in one's life. 
How that message is received or how it takes root in one's life is dependent on the soil of one's life, one's heart condition, their posture to this message and the work of Jesus in them. The message is really anything that is preached, teach, taught, read, studied about this book, the Bible. And the primary purpose of this book, God's Word, the Bible, is to point people into relationship with Jesus. To point people into relationship with God through Jesus. And we see that in the New Testament, right? So this is the seed that is being spread, the message of the kingdom of God. God's Word. So let's look at each of these four types of soils that are represented in this passage. And the question I want us to answer today is, what kind of soil am I? What kind of soil am I? Not what kind of soil is the person next to me, or the person in front of me, or across the room, or the person sitting on the couch next to me, or whatever. Wherever you're at, this is about what is the kind of soil am I? What's my heart condition to the message and work of Jesus in my life? What is my posture to God and to his word? In verse 8, it says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Jesus is wanting us to really listen and understand. This is really, really important. Verse 11, he begins and explains what, these parable, what this parable means. He says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. So the path people, if you will, are those who hear the message, but they have no interest at all, no desire in this message. They would be like many of the religious leaders of that day, with hardened hearts, set in their ways, They had all their do's and don'ts and all their regulations. They knew it. They had it all set. The message had no place to take root in their life. They maybe were aware, but not interested in searching or discovering God's truth. The enemy has convinced them that there is nothing, no truth to this message at all. So, is this you? Assuming that you're here and you're open to hearing God's message, maybe it's not you. But maybe you're here just ticking a box, going, going to church, or I'm sitting at home ticking a box, yep. And you have no interest in allowing God's message to change you. Then there's the rocky soil. And he says in verse 13, the seeds that uh, the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when, the, when they face temptation. This soil represents those who hear the message with excitement, respond to it, but then don't follow through. I've seen it where we have presented the gospel to somebody, and they get excited about hearing the gospel, and they go, yeah, that's what I want. That's, that's what I want but then they don't go and count the cost and follow through. They maybe read their Bible a little bit or go to church once or twice, but then they fall off. They don't stick with it. 
We are meant to do life in community and to be together and to be in God's word and to be nurtured and cared for and, and be caring for others. Hebrews 10, 25, it says, and, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. He says, let's not neglect meeting together, coming together. There's a reason for that. Sooner and later, this person, after receiving the message, falls away, loses interest as they don't do anything with it. And again, it's not about coming to church or ticking that box. It's about being in a place where the message, God's word, is being taught, preached, discussed, learned, where you are growing in God's message. And I know we're in this COVID pandemic and you know, we're meant to stay away for the most part. And we have a few people here this morning and there's lots online. But it's about being in a place where we are growing in God's word. It's about being connected and growing with the body of Christ. In this case, the message took root in, in, this, in their life, but they didn't allow the roots to grow down deep. And when temptations come, and they do come in many forms, lack of desire and discipline, the lure of the world around us, and the list goes on, a pandemic hits us, and we fall away because the roots have not taken you haven't gone down deep. Are you a representative of someone that has rocky soil in your life? You've heard God's truth, but you have not done anything with it. God's truth hasn't changed you at all. Then there's the seed that fell, that falls on the thorns and the weeds. The seeds that fell among the thorns, he says in verse 14, represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches of the pleasures of this life. And so they never grow to maturity. They stay little. So here is the person who hears the message of God and responds to it in some way, but then they are overcome by the worries in their life or they're lured by the materialism and consumerism of our culture and our, our world around us, which leaves no room for God. They are far more interested in what the world has to offer than they are about what it really means to follow Jesus. The worries of their life or the lure of this world, uh, offer, uh, what the world offers, chokes them out. Chokes out God and the desire to follow him. Are you the weed-infested soil? Choked out by the influences of this world. We're in a pandemic, and this is choking us all to some degree. But when we are rooted in Jesus, we have faith and strength to persevere, no matter what the temptation or the, or the struggles or the storms we come across. That's the final soil. The final soil that Jesus talks about is the good soil people. Verse 15, and the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. 
They are the, the picture that is really in total contrast to the other soils. Jesus calls them honest people. Good-hearted people who hear the message, but don't stop there. They hear the message and they cling to it. That's an important part, important difference from the other soils. They hear the message and they cling to it. They follow Jesus completely no matter what the cost. So when the message is preached, when it's taught, when it's studied, when it's read, we cling to it. And it makes a difference. They are completely open to the work of Jesus in their life, soaking in all of what he has to offer. And in so doing, they patiently produce a huge harvest. Not a little one. Not just to make a little dent in the kingdom of God, but a huge harvest. Living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and in so doing, they produce a huge harvest. So they're honest, good-hearted people who cling to God's message and produce a huge harvest. What does this harvest look like with the seeds that fell on the good soil? As a true follower of Jesus, what is he referring to as the harvest? It seems pretty clear about the other soils that there's a very lack, there is a lack of harvest there. And I read this about uh, this passage as it refers to the good soil. It said, a heart, um, this soil, is a heart that is genuinely searching for the truth. The good soil people have a heart that is genuinely searching for the truth. Is that your heart today? Are you genuinely searching for truth? And it went on to say, fruitfulness is the natural spiritual result of a heart that is open to God. Fruitfulness is the natural spiritual result of a heart that is open to God and that clings to the message of the good news. Fruitfulness, harvest. How's your heart? To the word of God? To the message? Are you clinging to it? In the message it says, we, we seize the word and hold on to it no matter what. What does the harvest look like? What does the harvest look like? What does it look like to be fruitful? Galatians 5. Um, verse 22. It says, but the Holy Spirit lives inside of us as Jesus followers. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of harvest in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's a lot. The seeds that land on the good soil is like what this verse is talking about. 
The harvest is this fruit. Living out in the relationships of the people around us, our families, those that we rub shoulders with at church or at home, at work, in our neighborhood, we ooze this in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So what kind of soil are you this morning? What is your heart posture these days? Are you really passionate for God's word? Are you clinging to his word, desperate for his word, and applying it to your life? Katrina and I were chatting just yesterday about the John 15, which is Jesus is the vine and we're the branches, and we abide with him. We can do nothing outside of him. That's, this is the same message, John 15. Read that passage when you go home this afternoon. Or are you a little hardened these days, overcome by the cares and the worries that's going on around us? And, God, and God's message doesn't really have a place, isn't taking root in your life. God's word is not finding a place to take root and make a difference. Or maybe you're getting choked out by the, the lures of the world, the materialism, consumerism, whatever it is, or maybe this crazy pandemic that we're in the middle of. What have you taken in these last few days or these last few weeks or months from God's word where you stopped and reflected and digested it for yourself, whether it's a sermon, a message, a Bible study, uh, your own quiet time where you've read God's word and you've stopped and said, yeah, that's for me. That's making a difference. I, I need to allow that to change me, kind of recalibrate what's going on in my life. Is God's message taking root in your life? Is it changing you? Is it making a difference? Can you say that you are living a life that is producing a harvest that reflects the Galatians 5.22 passage? These are things to think about, to meditate on. And as we go home this afternoon, this morning, I would ask you to go back to this parable, read it through. Go back to John 15 and read of the... Uh, this, what Jesus taught about him as the vine and we are the branches. What does that mean for me in my life? How is God's word impacting you these days? The soil of my life.